stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, that's just great. Yeah. That's just great. Uh, DJ a, Doug Pound. Yeah, DJ Doug Pound in the mix. Uh, yeah. remastering, remixing the Misfits, Where Eagles Dare, with our fearless leader, Joe Biden. <laughs> I, what was the context that he said that in? I like kind of really check out to on know. that. Uh, yeah. Someone asked him something about something uh, press conference. The funniest part about those that he like, um, I think they asked him some kind of a, I don't know, something, so economic kind of question. Yeah. Regardless, whatever it was, um, I love that it was a hot mic moment. Somehow, which usually happens when you're wearing like a lapel mic and you forget about it. Yeah. But he was standing in front of a fucking bank of microphones with like 10 cameras pointing at him. It's like, yeah. it wasn't a hot mic moment. He just called the guy a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, the right, microphone. right. Yeah, he didn't make it hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, it was not like a subtle accident. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to uh, Worcester's Gonna Burn in Hell. Yeah, <laughs> hey, to it, Dan. Dude. I like uh, to call it Worcester's Good But Hurts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, which is uh, it's short for WGBH. It's short for that. It's long for that. It's short for that. Well, no. Okay. I, well, wait. No, you're right. Shit. <laughs> it's long for it. Wow. I, I long for you, Bill. Words are hard. Wow, I long for you too, Dan. It's almost Valentine's Day, so. Well, you're, really. you're, you're my Valentine. Oh, okay. All right, good. Yeah, okay. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting any pushback on that. Yeah, fine, whatever. Right. Well, you know, I, I go out of my way for you. I'm not buying you nothing. I go out of my way for you. You bought me a meat pie I today. bought you a meat pie. And you know why I bought you a meat pie? Is because you texted me and asked me to buy you a meat pie. Yeah, I was depressed. I said, I'm sad. We'll do the podcast tonight, but I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm lonely, and I need some type of a treat, a meat treat. And you brought me a shepherd's pie, which yeah. isn't really a pie, but, you know. Well... It's We're a meat gonna count treat. it. Meat treat for sure. And I, I couldn't be more grateful. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of things to talk about today. Uh, first up off the bat is the anti-vax story hour we had at the city council meeting this week. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely dreadfully insane, but uh, hilarious at the same time. So, what's the context? It was that someone. Uh, yeah. It was uh, uh, Doug Arbiter. Um, he was like a, a public health uh, and epidemiology sort of expert, sort oh, of cool. guy that's active in local politics. Um, he put a petition on the city council agenda uh, asking that the city like consider doing a vaccine passport sort of program like the one yeah. in Boston yeah. where you basically need to demonstrate that you're vaccinated to go into a bar place, or a restaurant yeah. or grocery store or something like that. Right. Um, and, uh, towny conservative Facebook gets a hold of it, yeah. uh, and it becomes a huge shitstorm over the weekend. Uh, so much so that I guess the mayor's office and the city manager's office were fielding so many calls that even before the meeting, the city manager had to like break the political fourth wall and yeah. just come out and say, we're not going to do that. And this was just one of the regular town hall meetings, and this was just one of the items on the agenda for that evening. Yeah. Okay. And it was, uh, so it wasn't like... Um, it's not an actual proposal. It's not an actual, like, ch change in regulation. It was just a, literally maybe we should talk about this. Yeah. It was yeah. a, it was a, 
it was a request to consider it because any resident can file something called a like a petition, which is like uh, how you as a non city hall official or city councilor get something on the agenda. Right. Uh, and that carries less weight than like a city councilor putting an item on or the city manager putting an item on. Yeah. Uh, but it, still, even if like everyone in the council was like, fuck yeah, let's do it, cool, it would have to go like through various processes of government, right. get turned into an ordinance and then get approved. It would take a couple months at least. Right. This was just like the start of a conversation. Right. And boy, did the conversation start. The meeting opens <laughs> and the, the, the city clerk, like this poor fucking guy, he's like, all right, we have uh, 280 callers on the line. And so these people just li like line up phone bank wise. They yes. just fucking call and get put on hold and the order in which they called that every one of them is allowed to speak? Yeah. Is that the way it always works, or is that just because of COVID? Uh, so, yeah, so it used to be that you couldn't call in. You had to show up and be there. You had to show there. up. Right, yeah. yeah. And um, since, since COVID, they made it virtual, so you can call in. And um, Is there a limit to the number of people you can call in? Uh, the, the, the mayor has the discretion to set, like, a time limit. Right. In this case, he set it at an hour. And uh, that was enough, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Did all 280 callers get to speak? I don't know. They, they, didn't, they weren't keeping track. They weren't like, oh, there's like 16 left or whatever. The mayor was just like, okay, there's 14 minutes left, and they just have to keep taking the calls. Yeah. Uh, and all of them uh, were from, like, I don't even know how these people found out about, like, the Worcester City Council agenda, because I was keeping a list in my notes while I was watching the meeting, last night, and the calls were from Groton, Dudley, Lunenburg, Blackstone, Lemonster, Holden, Uxbridge, Menden, Barrie, Shrewsbury, Boylston, Auburn, and then a couple from Worcester. What I don't understand there is that, like, if it was a regular, I guess you don't have to prove residency to go speak at City Hall, like... No, and you don't have to be a resident, uh, but you have to say your full name and state your city of residence. Right. For the minutes, you know? Yeah. And it was people from all over the place. And I still really don't know how it reached out that far. The people from, like, like I mean, like, Blackstone is, like, 50 minutes away. Like, yeah. Barrie, you know, that's not close. Yeah, that's not close. Um, but, yeah, people were big, big mad. Uh, the phrase, um, uh, one nation under Pfizer, was uttered. Uh, nice. A lot of talk about uh, communistic principles and ideas oh yeah uh and it was it was just like heavy it was so depressing i like and that they can invoke both unmitigated capitalism via the you know um uh these pharmaceutical companies and say that those they're like unmitigated unregulated pharmaceutical companies that are running this whole thing and then immediately invoke communism yeah, in the same thing. It's like, right. I don't think you know what either of these things are. Yeah. yeah. We need central planning to get rid of the communism. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, all the, all the communism that is uh, fucking, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, yeah. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. And I, I pulled some clips this morning uh, from some of the funnier segments, uh, and uh, I'm going to play them in a sec, but suffice it to say, and you know what was also, before I get into the clips, um, at the beginning of the meeting, 
before anyone spoke, uh, the mayor was like, the city manager has already announced that he's not going to do this and he's not going to de declare the state of emergency that would be required to do this. This isn't happening, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll take your testimony Right, anyway. but that was, um, and sorry again, but what's, what's his name, the guy that, um, the... The petitioner? Petitioner, yeah. Petitioner? Uh, yeah, Doug, Doug. Arbiter. Yeah. Right, so he, um, so, I mean, but that was kind of like what Doug, I mean, he can't have effective change without opening a door to conversation, right? That was, and that was what his intended goal was. He wasn't yeah. expecting some kind of immediate change or... No, no, and it wasn't something that um, the, the city council could have done uh, right. that night. Right. Or and also, the city manager is a huge fucking asshole for sort of um, abdicating or circumventing the, the, the process of city council by coming out ahead of the meeting... And saying this and isn't going to happen. This isn't going to happen. Because yeah, theoretically... Uh, the city council is the city manager's boss. And they're supposed to be objective to a certain extent. And yeah, be, and, be and he shouldn't to... be making policy decisions like that. It should be the mayor and the city council that make those sort of policy decisions. And they should at least fucking let someone say something before... Right. Right? I mean, I don't know. So I have the clip of it, but it was so funny because uh, Doug had, as the petitioner, like everyone gets two minutes to speak, but if you're the person who put the petition on, you get three minutes. And Doug had a whole, like, really nice... Um, eloquent speech about the limits of individualism uh, as it relates to the spread of an infectious disease. And, and, I mean, not to put words in anyone else's mouth, but also the limits to individualism if you choose to live in a fucking society. Like, right. I mean, there are limits to this. Like, we agree with that. Like, there are just certain codes of behavior if you don't want to go live in a shack in the woods. Like, right. It's a social we compact. Live, we live in each other's fucking personal space. This is a social contract. This conversation has to be had. Right. But uh, we proved that in Worcester, we are incapable of having that conversation. Well, we proved uh, that in Barry, they're incapable of having that <laughs> right, conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So let's get into some of these clips. Joseph Hong from Worcester, Massachusetts. And I think that it should always be a person's choice for themselves and their family with the information given to them by their doctor and the proper research done, whether or not they get vaccinated and not to restrict them to the house, not to allow them to provide for their families and go to the, you know, the grocery store. And I think that the, um, the sexual agenda that's also being pushed in the schools Ooh. needs to stop. Okay. Especially because it's affecting little girls. That's not, on, that's not on the agenda, Tony. That's so, right. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. Um, vaccine okay. passports, bad idea. You guys are pushing too hard for communistic behavior. Socialism doesn't work. You guys, go stop trying it. Thanks for your time. The next one. <laughs> yeah. So you heard the mayor there just having to be like, "That's not. What uh, that's about. not on the agenda. The sexual agenda." In the I schools. loved where that guy's brain was at, though. I loved that he was like shoehorn that one in. It was yeah. almost like Baba Booey level where it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, and the sexual education schools has to stop them exploiting the little girls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, They're teaching little girls to be whores? Yeah. Well, thank you to that guy from Worcester. Yeah, wherever he was from. He said Worcester? He did say Worcester. It says vaccines oh, have... that's Doug. We're going to come back to that one at the end. All right, what's this one? I can't remember anymore. I'm going to try and mute Danielle now. Oh, this might be one of the crime Hi, ladies. Hi, my name's Danielle Robert. I live in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Um, I'm calling in opposition to the vaccine passport. I work with the restaurant industry in the city of Worcester. 
it's emotional because implementing a vaccine mandate will just be another huge hindrance for the restaurants of the city of Worcester who are already suffering so much from COVID. I also feel that a vaccine mandate rules against what it is to be an American and having autonomy for one's own medical freedom. <laughs> and to Mr. Doug Arbiter on this call, the purpose of the government is not to have control over our personal medical choices. I appreciate your time. Thank you. <laughs> Just well, absolutely breathless, tearing up. The restaurants don't deserve to yeah, have I mean, to check a piece of paper. I mean, it also sounded, I mean, whatever. I'm not going to, yes, I am going to suggest it. It sounded fucking fake. It didn't even sound like real crying to me. Yeah, like she was whipped herself up into a frenzy. <laughs> yeah. It's like at the televangelical churches when people mm. pretend to get possessed. Yeah, and like spe speak in tongues. Yeah, I yeah. think that another point that, I don't know if anyone's made, I mean, of course this point's been made hundreds of times, but people are talking about personal autonomy and this isn't forcing you to get vaccinated. It's just saying you can't go to the fucking bar. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't have to go to the bar. Right. Like that is, like that's, how is that infringing on any of your freedoms? Yeah. You are not free to go to the bar. That is not in the Constitution of the United States. There is it's, no... Like, there's no part of your freedom being infringed upon by you not being able to go to a private business. Any of these private businesses could enforce that rule themselves legally. Right. And they, some of them probably should. I mean, yeah, I mean, you go to a show in, in Boston, even before it, Boston implemented the, the um, vaccine, vaccine passport thing. Like, you go to a show at the Middle East, you got you to gotta show that you were vaccinated. It's not... It's not an unreasonable request. No. It has nothing to do with hindering your freedom. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's like because, like, in America, we're just so stupid. Like, we don't – we understand freedom as in, like, freedom to consume. Right. Like, we don't really – we don't really, <laughs> yeah. like, it's have like a, a firm Freedom concept. is how many types of Cheerios are on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's like – Yeah. It's like they don't have honey nut. They're <laughs> infringing upon my rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> my rights are being infringed on because I can't jerk off to the green M&M anymore. Oh, my God. We're yeah. going to talk about that later. Yeah, we can get into that. Um same subset of people generally as, yeah. as these people that are getting mad about that. We try right. to mute Randy now. Next clip. Hello, Nick and Lego and hello, City Council. I asked, I'm here, also here about the vaccine mandate or the passport. And I am, my question is if we pass, this does pass, where do we end it? Can businesses now ask for your tuberculosis test results? Yeah, like you're going to go into a restaurant and cough on someone and they get AIDS. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, the, the, that point, I mean, they did discriminate against people with AIDS um, yeah. not that long ago. And I'm sure that if given the opportunity, like, there are plenty of places that would. But yeah. it's not the fucking same – that's not the same thing. Like, uh, no. I mean, whatever. The, uh, it's, the, it's the dumbest slippery slope argument I've ever heard. And the tuberculosis thing, I'd like to look it up, but, like – isn't tuberculosis like effectively gone because because of a vaccine? Of vaccines? Yeah, like, there isn't tuberculosis, so you don't need to show the card because no one gets tuberculosis because we've all been fucking vaccinated yeah. for it. Like, like to the point where I don't even know if you have to get uh, a tuberculosis vaccine anymore or whatever. Yeah, I'm not a public health guy, but um, um, yeah, I mean, like, it's just an absolutely foolish argument, and all of this shit is just underpinned by like a completely warped 
and uh, childish notion of what freedom is. Um, and I ha I, I've, been, I've been thinking about it kind of in the abstract, like, I, I, I might have said this before, maybe even on this podcast, but, like, it's, uh, like, it's, it would just be, like, the best poetic justice for America that one of our foundational myths as an empire is this, is like, downfall of notion it. of freedom. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, just half-baked, doesn't really exist. Yeah. It, it just means, like, freedom to be patriotic, basically. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which is, what, what does that even fucking mean? Yeah, right, right. And, like, if that is the, like, sort of Achilles heel of America that topples the empire is that we can't get people to act in the public good because they value their freedom to be a fucking asshole yeah. over uh, the public good. Like, I mean, it really be, is, like, the... What's the song? Is that a John Prine song, the one that's, like, um... Your flag decal won't yeah, get, won't you, get heaven. you into heaven anymore. Yeah, I mean, it really sure. is that yeah. point, which is a satirical thing, but it like kind of, I don't know, it's equally valid. That was more about the Vietnam War at the time. Yeah. But, the, um, but I mean, it's like, I mean, it totally applies. It's this idea that like somehow, yeah, consumerism and blind, unfaltering patriotism is patriotism at all. Yeah, right, it's right. It's like, it's just clearly not. Yeah. All right. So I've already spoken. As far as the vaccination rates, people are making their own choices. And, uh, you know, it was nice to hear the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it was nice to hear the Pledge of Allegiance in the beginning of this. And honestly, it's a little bit, I'm not sure if I should laugh or cry at the fact that we're having this conversation following the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, before you know it, it'll be one nation under Pfizer if we continue uh, under on, on this track. So <laughs> yeah, dude. sounds like you guys know the choice to make, and I would urge you to do that. So have a good night, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. <laughs> the, just like the smarmy smugness in his voice. Yeah, he just, it's going to be one nation under Pfizer. Yeah, like that was his whole point of the phone call. <laughs> yeah, right. And I had to cut out the first like two minutes of that because it was so boring. I just yeah, wanted I mean, to get to the point where he said it's like one nation under yeah. Pfizer. And it's also hey. super fucking obnoxious. And I wish that somebody had the balls like on the city council to get rid of this practice. But they open every single goddamn fucking meeting with the, with pledge, the pledge of allegiance followed by. One of the youth choirs in Worcester doing one of the worst renditions of the Star Spangled Banner I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they listen to it every time choir, yeah. with like hands over hearts, and it's just like, come on. Yeah, that's just obnoxious. And the, the Pledge of Allegiance also, not to like, whatever, to get too sidetracked here, but um, One Nation Under God, the Under God part of it is a recent addition. That was only like the 1950s that they <laughs> added that. that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that was not, and the money on, like the, like, um, in God we trust on the money and stuff. That was all like, um, post-war, you know, um, like anti-communist pushback. Right. Um, that was like the whole point of it was that like, you know, just cold war era pushback against communism because like, you know, um, religion is the opiate of the masses as they say. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. On to the next one. This might be our second woman crying if I remember correctly. <laughs> Tony now. Yeah, Sonia DeJoy. Oh, this one is so good. Um, this is the best one. Yep. Okay, great. I just want to voice my thoughts. Um, I live in Indian Hill, and I'm an established business owner of 15 years on Shrewsbury Street. Um, I called to oppose the VAX passport because all the endless restrictions really just showed me what was, uh, I'm going to call it helplessness. I lost freedoms. I lost clients. I lost stylists. I lost cash flow. I lost two friends of suicide in the past month, 
And I'll tell you what I do believe in is intelligence and vaxxed or not vaxxed. This is, a, this is a virus that has a 99.7% survival rate. I agree with every single health professional that called in today because they are living it. And as we speak, I'm standing in the free state of Florida where COVID just barely exists and what? 1,100 people are moving here daily. And I just may be one of them. And it hurts me because my business is my baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. It hurts me because my business is my baby. <laughs> also, throughout this whole thing, I mean, whatever. I can't look up statistics every fucking time someone says something ridiculous. Yeah. But Florida had the highest rates, like, multiple, multiple times yeah. in the fucking thing. Like, I would Patently, be shocked if they didn't have some of the highest rates in the country right fucking now. Yeah, because Florida just did, like, the, the, the true Florida essence. <laughs> they just went, fuck it, you But know? I guess it's the fucking... Um, the John Lennon Yoko Ono thing, you know, war is over if you want it. It's like COVID's over if you want it. Yeah, just, right. Just right. pretend it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love also how she said, like, this is like, she wasn't the only caller to be like the free state of Florida to talk about like red states. Yeah, yeah. She called it the free state of Florida. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just, um, it's it's incredible. I mean, I, I like the crying tactic. I mean, it's also, I guess the point that we made at the beginning, it's like people are, were they made aware that, because he said it at the beginning up front, right? He like, he's like, we're not fucking doing this. You already said that. The city manager was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Go ahead and talk about it. To me, that's the time when you're like, all right, never mind. Hang up the phone. Like, yeah, right. All right, it's not and, happening. And like, they, he was, the, the clerk was going through all the people on hold. And, like, a lot of people just weren't there by the time it was their time to right. speak. So I think a lot of people made that decision. And, and some people acknowledged it and were like, hey, good to hear that you're not considering this anymore. Right. And they kept their comments really short. But then there were people like that hysterical woman that just couldn't help but just go full uh, uh, waterworks. I got to say, in I mean, Doug, right? Doug? Yeah, Doug Arbiter, yeah. Doug Arbiter. Uh, I got to say, like... I mean, obviously he was not oblivious to the fact that bringing this up was going to have this immediate result. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of brave on Doug's part, you know? Yo, no, for sure. I mean, like, kind, yeah. like, kind of ballsy to fucking yeah. to, like, go ahead and just say that, like... Right, to, right. To even suggest it and say it in a well-worded way and yeah. knowing what was going to happen. Right, and I'm going to play uh, a little bit of um, Doug's uh, testimony during all this because it was so... Uh, it was so funny in like this sea of just complete fucking morons to hear somebody come in that's like Speak well art like well articulating his points and like <laughs> clearly speaking and making sense. It was it was insane. But I think I have one more to get to before that. Okay. So let's see. I do hear you. Uh, I am in absolute opposition to all authoritarian mandates. Mm -hmm. um, uh. Many will be held accountable and held liable. Uh, maybe not in this lifetime, oh. but eternity is a long time. Oh. I implore everyone to take off the masks, refuse to comply. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. As wow. an American citizen, this is listen to this very carefully. As an American citizen, yeah. you, me, we okay. are all obligated to participate in civil disobedience. Oh! And by the way, thank you for the pledging of the flag at the initiation of this meeting. <laughs> we are obligated as American citizens to not comply. Make no wait, wait. about it. This is absolutely a communist takeover happening in this country and around the world. 
We are oh, not at the edge. We are over the edge. We're living in a time when good has been made evil and evil has been made good. And I'm just letting everybody know, do not comply. Take your country back. We are over the tipping edge. Thank you very much. Where are you from? I love how she's like, yeah, uh, to be good Americans, we have to be civilly disobedient. Also, thank you so much for doing the Pledge of Allegiance. The mandatory Pledge of Allegiance where everyone had to stand and put their hand on their heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, that was great. That, I, lo- I love that lady. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Really fucking she, like that lady. Like, when you put a mask on, you're doing 1984. <laughs> yeah. You're doing 1984 to everyone. <laughs> Authoritarianism. That is fucking great. Um... Meanwhile, that lady is definitely just hooting and just chortling and choking on herself to root for any actual form of authoritarianism to right. into America. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the frustrating fucking thing is like, I feel like I've used this term too much. I feel like everyone uses the term too much, but like, the concept of gaslighting is what modern political or social discourse feels like all the time. It's like, yeah. you're fucking, what are you saying? What the fuck are you actually saying? It makes me feel like I'm insane. Yeah, like, right. You're right. actually making me feel like I'm fucking insane. Like, like all of these clips, all these people that we've been hearing from, uh, they live in a completely different mental universe. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like not they, the same reality. They, they they literally perceive reality differently. Right. Whereas, like, I don't know, like, especially like, if you wanted to get behind this concept of patriotism, maybe that's what people did wrong, and no one invoked this enough on like a federal level, th- like this angle of it. It's like if you're proud of your country and you're a blind patriot then put an American flag on the mask and wear the mask because you care about the health and well-being of your country and its economy. If, you, if Like, whatever the fuck angle you want to take for it. It's yeah, like, right, right. It's like, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, we could have fixed all of this if we just let Trump brand the vaccine yeah. and, and sell and it for 10 bucks. sold it for 10 bucks a pop. Yeah. 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 Again, Every yeah. single boat dealership owner <laughs> would be vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> dealership owner dude. Uh, yeah but uh yeah so in this sea of all of these like covid denying freaks you had doug uh and i'm just gonna play a little clip of uh of doug's testimony and i just think that the the way that he ends it is really funny in the context of him being in the middle of like 300 cr- cranks calling it yeah um but i'll just i'll just play the whole thing as i clipped it says vaccines have undergone randomized controlled trials to evaluate safety and efficacy and have received intensive scrutiny and evaluation by scientific health authorities around the world. Furthermore, due to the hard work of city officials to make the vaccine easily accessible for all, this policy can be enforced equitably. Let's join the cities of Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, New Orleans, New York City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C., where businesses have been able to innovate to accommodate these novel restrictions. Our businesses are capable and our small business owners are resilient. Yeah. I also ask that the city... Okay. Can you wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, he yeah, sounds like such a dick, but he has to last, do it. I'll just... All right, uh, this is- thanks for your consideration. Um, and I appreciate your time and sorry for the mess. <laughs> sorry for the mess. Sorry for the mess. Um, that is fucking great. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to go down too far into the rabbit hole of talking about like people getting vaccinated, but 
brings up Doug brings up a great point, which is, and it was sort of cut in right there at the like where you cut it. He was obviously already mid sentence, like sort of talking about that. But you know, and my mom was a healthcare worker here in Worcester for you know I don't know thirty something years, um, and she brought up a great point, which was the moment the vaccine is available, we should have all immediately gone and gotten it. We should and we should have done it with a level of pride and joy and a tear in our eye at how amazing the modern the modern medicine that we that we have access to is like yeah. i mean from the moment that that happened it was like a year before those vaccines were available from the moment that the outbreak became international it was about a year of the greatest scientific minds in the fucking world yeah. working diligently tirelessly and 24 hours a day 7 days a week until they had a feasible vaccine that would protect people it's beautiful and like awe inspiring right and people are still like goddamn fucking big pharma it's like yeah. it, i mean it's horrific like well you know what it is it's uh going back to this uh, idea of freedom in america right it's like you're inoculated not inoculated uh but like uh inundated uh since like kindergarten with this notion that america is the best place in the world to live because we are free. And that notion stays in your head despite all evidence to the contrary. Right. You're a debt slave. Right. You really can't uh, do the things that you want to do. Right. Uh, you can barely afford health care right. and you're stuck in a job that you hate. But along after many years of disillusionment, along comes this one clear-cut opportunity where you can... Yeah profoundly express your freedom yeah. to just be a fucking dickhead. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just be an <laughs> asshole for the sake of being an asshole. And it makes me think of, like, like World War II when there were all these restrictions put on by the U.S. government. There was limits on how much canned food you could buy. Yeah, fucking there were rations. limits on fucking stockings, like, for women's, like, hosiery. There was limits on fucking steel that was going into automobiles. There was limits on fucking everything. And the American people, what we did was we fucking teamed up together with a smile on our face and planted gardens in our backyard yeah. to supplement Victory food. gardens. The, yeah. Right, victory gardens. Like, it's like, and that's just one example of like many, many examples of that happening during World War II. And to me, it's like, that is the, like if you want to call yourself a patriot, that's what the fuck it is. Like, you know, like if you cared about the country and its right. citizens, then that's what you do. You fucking show up. Show up on the day. Like, yeah. just fucking be there. Like, yeah. You know. No, no, now it's freedom to be the most hysterical crybaby yeah. you've ever heard in your life. And but, like the, uh, the best the best one is always like, I hate the masks. I want to see everyone's beautiful faces. It's like, <laughs> the fuck out of here. Who's got a beautiful face yeah. in this goddamn hellhole? Yeah. Get out of your fucking mind. Everyone's hideous. <laughs> yeah. We're all fucking goblins, dude. Right. Uh, but you know who's not a goblin is Doug Arbiter. And Doug, uh, from uh, the bottom of my heart, thank you. And sorry on behalf <laughs> yeah. of Worcester. But I, uh, before we started recording the show, I pre-taped an interview with Doug uh, recapping what a shit show that night was. And I'm just going to plug that in here uh, and we'll listen to what Doug has to say. Hell yeah. Uh, so that was, a, uh, that was a shit show last night, huh? It was the most, <clears throat> one of the most wild things I've experienced uh, in a while. It, it, it's like at the same time, like, laughable and funny but also at the same time like scary and disheartening <laughs> yeah that, I mean? that's kind of how i felt too i was like just kind of like left with this sense of like oh this is how like a lot of people 
think and feel in the area, you know? Like, yeah, it was a representative like, sample, you know? Right. And like, I feel like kind of good that like a majority of the people weren't like Worcester callers, you know, it like, I feel like somewhat redeemed in that and that these are like, ta- like a majority, like townie folk who yeah. just, you know, watch Fox news 24 seven. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. Calls from like, I think I counted like 15 different towns, you know? You're crazy. Yeah, there was like Menden. Like, why are you calling Worcester? Yeah, right. It was absolutely yeah. insane. Did you uh, yeah. anticipate the backlash when you filed the petition? So, honestly, like, I knew, I don't know. I just, like, I've been just so frustrated that, like, we haven't even had, like, a dialogue in the city about it, especially since, like, it going through in all these other cities and now Boston. And I was just kind of like in the moment, I was like, we need to talk about this. Um, and like, even if it gets squashed, like I, I just think we need to have a conversation, which conversation really didn't even happen. <laughs> but yeah. Right. Um, um, I had a, like, I knew people are going to be pissed, but like, I didn't think I was going to be like harassed through like every social media outlet that I'm on. But yeah. Did you get any are. good, you get any good uh, messages? Yeah, I did. Um, I got like one good voicemail telling me that I should like seek mental health and learn how to research, which like it's funny because like I'm like a clinical trial researcher. Right. (laughs) Um, And then my favorite was an Instagram message that I got that just said, COVID is stupid and gay, just like you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's really good. Yeah, that, that was my favorite. And then honestly, like, Turtle Boy, like, did a number on me, but, like, which was expected. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't even it was see like, it. A, yeah, like, don't give it the view, but, like, pretty much it was, like, I'm a communist and, like, a big pharma show at the same time, which is, like, wild. And then I'm, like, racist against white people because I supported an equity vaccine clinic, but then I'm racist against black people because the vaccine mandate would prohibit them, but I supported an equity clinic that would help them get the vaccine. So it was just like, it made no sense. And it was just like true turtle boy. Like, right. Right. Hey, remember those two ladies that were literally crying? I like, I, I just like, couldn't believe that these women like had just like, no, like they just called in and just like balled out like that. Like, honestly, like that didn't freak me out as much as like how many nurses called in. Right. Like thinking like that, that's like honestly the scariest and like most uh, like disappointing like group of callers for sure. Yeah. I kind of don't want your nurses to be COVID deniers in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and like also just like spewing nonsense. Like, right. like they didn't even make sense. So, yeah. Well, hey, before I let you go, uh, any uh, any response to the haters that you'd like to share on this program? Um. Like, honestly, no, because, like, you can't win with these people, and we just have to keep putting pressure on our elected officials to, like, have these, like, important and critical conversations, because as much as people want it to be, like, COVID isn't gone, it's still here, like, this wave might be going down, but, like, since, like, we refuse to invest in vaccinating, like, you know, the developing world, like we're going to be in this cycle for a while until we really, you know, get our act together. So, right. Right. Here we are. Here we are. 
Well, Doug, uh, thank you for trying. Sorry you got punished for caring. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon, bud. All right. Thanks, Bill. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, take care. All right. Yeah, thanks again, Doug. Uh, and I, dude, Doug, that message Doug got where. Oh, the, dude, that's the, the, I mean, I love that Doug relayed that too. The yeah. Fucking, um, COVID, COVID is stupid and gay. gay. Just like you. Just like you. I'm, I'm glad dude, that, like, Doug, that Doug could find the humor in that because it's absolutely one of the funniest possible things you can say. To honestly, though, like, honestly, like, objectively, kind of a sick burn. Like I mean, that, it's, not, it's, it's not actually a burn. I mean, come on. It's not actually a no, burn. It's, it's just, no, it's not, it's not a burn. It's an amazing it's, it's thing funny. to put your name behind and say out loud. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, you went out of your way to look up this guy's social media and just type, COVID is stupid and gay, just like you. Fuck, dude. That rules. <laughs> That's uh, fucking man. literally third grade behavior. It's great. I know, it's great. Stupid and gay. <laughs> but uh, oh, on, on to, uh, on, on to uh, some, some more uh, stupid and gay uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, today, um, which is Wednesday we're recording this. I, I don't know when it's going to come out. But today, State Senator Harriet Chandler announced that she's retiring and uh, ending her long career of public service in Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, it's a feather in Worcester's cap that Harriet Chandler was, um, you know, one of the first, like, really strong female presences on on Beacon Hill. And and she's she's Worcester's, and we, we can take some credit for that. And I really... Uh, don't don't know a whole lot about what she did, but seems cool. Yeah, no no problems. Uh, but now it opens up a whole can of uh, political worms because a lot of people are going to be thinking, "Hey, I should be the next uh, I should be the next state senator over here." And a couple episodes you might remember, we talked about how Mayor Joe Petty is thinking about running, um, and that Harriet Chandler didn't want him to take the seat. So she was hoping somebody else would run, uh, which is just so funny because uh, the idea of Harriet Chandler looking at Joe Petty and being like, ugh, (laughs) him? He (laughs) is going to assume my legacy? He gets to take the seat that I held for like 35 years? That freaking guy? Uh, (laughs) um, And... I don't think Petty has actually announced, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he has, but you know who has announced, and this is actually uh, what I heard in the rumor mill, the person that Harriet Chandler wanted to run is uh, David, David LaBeouf, uh, who is a state rep in the uh, South Worcester slash... Yeah, it's uh, Shia LaBeouf's brother. Shia LaBeouf's brother. That's true. Uh, and he immediately announced that he was seriously considering <laughs> running. Um, so that uh, that sets up a, a sort of pitched battle between Petty, who is like generally a consensus centrist Democrat, toes the party line, good soldier type, and uh, David LaBeouf, who is more of your sort of progressive yep. Democrat, not like a... A socialist or anything, but more on the progressive side, younger, yeah. uh, has better politics in, in my estimation, but we don't, we also don't know who else is going to run for it. And, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a whole shakeup and it's going to be pretty fun to see how it pans out. 
And well, Bill, have you considered throwing your hat in the ring? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, okay. Right. So this is what I really wanted to talk about with this. I was cracking myself up. <laughs> You're um, just gonna go ahead have, and toot your own horn. You have, you have, a, you have, yeah. a, you have um, a lighter for your own jokes. Me and Dan are sharing a lighter. We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything bad with it. We're not smoking crack. That's for damn sure. This is great radio right now. Right, yeah. Dead Space. We love it. <laughs> you gotta love Dead yeah. Space. Dead Space. Lighter the, clicks. <laughs> you wouldn't hear Dead Space like that on WGBH. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, NPR. Yeah. Uh, but um, I was cracking myself up all day today <laughs> thinking about, like, David LaBeouf on uh, the debate stage with Trump. And Trump just calls him Le Booby. <laughs> there you and go. Just ends his political career with Le Booby. And I was like, yeah, Le Booby. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, Le Booby over here <laughs> wants to do communism. <laughs> so maybe I will run or $100 Venmo to the first political candidate who in a public forum calls, calls him David Le La booby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred bucks directly to your um, yeah. campaign fund. Because I just I think that would be so funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got to get those tactics into local politics. Oh, more. for big the, time. The tactics that Trump introduced. Yeah, just <laughs> name calling. Yeah, it's, calling people like he he seriously. I mean, like say what you will about the man, <laughs> but he had a, he had a sense for what was going to track, uh, yeah. and he literally ended. He knew his crowd. He knew his audience really he well. He ended Jeb Bush's political <laughs> career by yeah. just calling him low energy, <laughs> right. like like the son of one of the most powerful political dynasties <laughs> in American low history, energy. and just ravaged his political career in one debate by just oh, saying he was it. low energy. Fuck. I don't think low energy Labubi could get things done <laughs> on Beacon Hill. Oh <laughs> shit. But anyway, best of luck to everyone trying to get that uh that state senate seat and hopefully selfishly for for my purpose and our purposes, let's make it really messy. Let's yeah. make it a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a lot of ad hominem attacks yeah, and invective. Yeah. I'd love that. And enough of this nice guy, yeah. you know. Doing everything behind the scenes and deciding who gets to take the seat. Let's let's hash it out. Yeah. You know, let's have this in public. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's make it into a roast battle. Let's see who yeah. has the best yeah. burns. You know. Or you know, better better yet, <laughs> just a classic game of King of the Hill. <laughs> and that's yeah. how we settle it. Yeah, out in the parking lot, out pile of the- dirt. <laughs> yeah. Out no, the snow bank, big snow bank. Yeah. Get them up there in their fucking snow boots and mittens, <laughs> and just make them fucking whoever gets the top. Yeah. Right. That'd be yeah. great. It's yeah. Perfect. The um, <laughs> first one to cry never gets to run again. <laughs> Labubi, he's always crying. He, he cried the second I rubbed that snowball in his look face. Look at him, I just called him Labubi, and he looks like he's about to cry look, again. Look, I put a rock in this snowball, and I hit him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, en- enough time on that. We'll probably see some more, uh, we'll see some more names uh, for sure in the next couple of weeks, and then heading into the, the fall is when that's really going to heat up. But for now, it's all the intrigue of who's going to run, who's not going to run, who's a Labubi. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, on Sunday, the mayor yeah. was at Ralph's Rock Diner, where we're recording right now. He was now. here just after he left. Yeah. 
And um, apparently he just came in to pick up some cheeseburgers. And I texted the bartender, Razzle, that was working that night. And I go, yo, was, was, was uh, the mayor really here? And Razzle just goes, yeah, he was pissed because we ran out of fries. Yeah. Like, just yeah, imagining. Because he brought up the French fries multiple times. He was like, <laughs> like multiple times, like, why don't you have French fries? When are the French fries coming in? But I want French fries. Why can't I have them? <laughs> why can't you go get some French fries? He also, I guess, had to, whatever beverage he was drinking, I guess he had to ask three different times what it was as he was drinking it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's good. I just love, so like most of our listeners aren't going to know who Razzle is, but if you've been to Ralph's, you probably have a decent idea of what kind of person he is. Yeah. He's just like always stoned at work pretty much <laughs> and like it's just the most relaxed laid-back person you will ever see working behind a bar yeah he's a true and he's a true hesher the, uh, he's a true hesher yeah he is uh he's a he's just a heavy metal kind of guy yeah, you know? yeah he lives and breathes heavy metal <laughs> yeah and just the idea of the mayor of the city being like and i'll have some french fries and razzle just going uh <laughs> we're out, we're of, out fries. of french fries <laughs> like, but where are the french fries like uh, like, the guy didn't bring them in yet. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that, like, I don't know, we ran out the other day. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, man. Anthony was, like, supposed to go to Costco and pick up another couple of bags, but he had to go have dinner with his girlfriend, so he didn't do it. <laughs> and the mayor's just like, where's my fries? Why can't anyone go get fries? I need the fries right now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so we teased it at the beginning of the show. But uh, we need to talk about the issue on everyone's mind. Yeah. The uh, newly androgenized M&Ms. Right. So the thing was that, like, now it's, I mean, sure, I'm sure everyone knows all about every angle of this. I hope that everyone knows about every angle of this. But the isu- issue is that, you know, M&M's, which I believe is owned by Mars, doesn't really matter. There's Mars, Hershey, and Nestle are, like, the three big chocolatier yeah corporations um and i believe they're probably just all owned by one company at the end of the day who knows yeah um but the, the uh, new world order right the new chocolate world order <laughs> yeah right. um count chocula and i mean you can research any history of any food product you want and in america it goes really down a dark path there's the fucking coca-cola death squads there's the fucking oh, yeah. chiquita banana wars there's mm-hmm. fucking coffee wars like any consumable in america has Hundreds, if not thousands, or more deaths of yeah. third world impoverished people yeah. right behind fascist the snacks, death squads, right attached. behind your snacks. Yeah. Um, right, and that's yeah. nothing new. And we're gonna have all, our treats. Right, we gotta have our treats. Um, <laughs> but the issue was that so you know M and M's announced some kind of bizarre public announcement, which isn't to me. It's also like the point of making the announcement, just fucking do it if you're gonna do it. No one like no one would notice. Or no care. one would notice or care yeah. if you just fucking release the new branded fucking M&M people. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking anthropomorphic candy people. Um, Only the truest perverts among us would notice. Would notice. Yeah. And also, they're not even that hot to begin with, to be totally frank. But yeah, if you've ever jacked it to the M&M... You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. And so then, like, it gets picked up by, like, you know, Fox News, and Tucker Carlson has this whole fucking meme-ridden rant about yeah, right. how horny he is for M&M's and how this is ruining the American sexuality or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And then also on the fucking... Then there's two other angles on the left, which is, like, people going, like, 
oh, I think it's a great thing that M&M's is doing. This is great. They're inclusive. And also, the other angle is people going like, how crazy is it that Fox News, this is such a stupid meme. Everyone's horny for M&M's. Meanwhile, this whole thing is happening while there is still in litigation right fucking now a class action lawsuit with with criminal implications against, international criminal implications against Hershey, Mars, and Nestle for using child slavery in Ivory <laughs> Coast, West Africa. Right. Using child slavery in their co cocoa farms to get the chocolate. That is being litigated right now, and that's not the thing that fucking anyone wants to talk about on the news. That's not page memes. one. Yeah. Like, it's unfucking real how plain, I mean, it, I mean, it really is day after day feeling like we live in like a Judge Dredd universe, like Mega City One, or like like um, fucking RoboCop, or like one of these yeah. dystopian, you know, corporate oligarchies where everything is actually controlled by like Omnicorp or whatever. You know, it's like right. Like, I mean, that's the narrative that that's what people are talking about in primetime news. What? Well, I guess what is supposed to be a news channel. And otherwise, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure that Jimmy Kimmel and all your other late night hosts oh, yeah. are talking about this. But never once are they going to mention the fucking child slavery yeah, right. that's happening to get candy into the hands of American children. Yeah. It's fucking horrific. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like, and like it, that by itself, without the diversionary tactics, right. probably wouldn't even track as a page one story. Right. That's the other point is that yeah. if it just came out. I mean, and it did just come out, because this is about a year old now. Like, yeah, I think like, it was in June. Right, whatever it was. It was like, it's been going on for six months, eight months, a year, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a fucking headline news, but it had the potential to be that and slowly pick up traction. Yeah. But now it's like, I mean, it's, it's just so fucking blatant that, like, I can't believe that people don't... Hey, listen, I might have said it before on this podcast. I know I've said it before. Um... This isn't hyperbole. This isn't satire. I strongly advocate for groups of mobs with pitchforks and torches <laughs> yes. to kick in the doors of billionaires, drag them into the street, kicking and screaming, and chop their fucking heads off in the town square. I am not joking. Yeah. Fucking do it. I it's know. fucking horrific, dude. We're living in a fucking dystopian hellscape. It's yeah. awful. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, and it's just got this crazy cartoonish level to it that, like, you couldn't write. Like, Jello Biafra oh, yeah. couldn't have made this up in one of his no, spoken know, word things. No, right? like, like, you couldn't have made this up in, even in, like, Idiocracy. Like, that's the closest it would have come. Like, yeah. I know people invoke that movie too often for this kind of shit. But it's, like, it's so horrific that it's, like, these smiling, anthropomorphic chocolate candies that this is, oh, they've changed their fucking gender identity or whatever it is. Meanwhile, it's like, no, dude, there's children. Yeah. Children being forced into slave labor. Well, I like, hope the children in slave labor feel comfortable identifying as non-binary. Right. That's the most important part. Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's obviously craven, and, and it might not even be conscious, but if it is conscious... Oh, it has to. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, but, like, if it is conscious, and, like, the, the lawyers in the room understand that a decision is coming down the pike, and we've all been entertaining ourselves... With the M&M thing. Right. And then we're kind of bored about it by the time that a decision comes out. Right. You know, it's not going to track as hard. Right, And, like, exactly. there's media strategists that know all about that kind of shit. I mean, that's what these fucking companies are. Like, that, I mean, whatever. I don't want to fucking go too crazy on talking about the M&Ms. But the yeah. thing is that, like, 
if you if you think that this is a coincidence, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, like yeah, that is sure. insane. That's what these companies do. They track metrics. They follow like they have. That's how ad campaigns work. They fucking yeah. get focus groups. They figure out what tracks. They look at what people are clicking on and what people are looking at. And you better believe they're checking on what the fucking title of your meme is or whatever the fucking content of your meme about the sexy M and M's is. Yeah, that's not what they're fucking. Like, that's the whole point, is to get you talking about this one way or the other, or one of six ways, just not the way that includes the child slavery in Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah, and uh, if you start talking about that uh, too much, you kind of sound like a crank, right? Because, like, yeah, yeah. because everyone's like, oh, dude, we're just trying to talk about Eminem. Yeah, like, well, lighten up, hey, man. Hey, <laughs> take it easy, dude. Yeah, take it easy. I thought it was funny up. when Tucker Carlson said that thing, and we're just making fun of him right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, yeah, well, don't. meanwhile, <laughs> fucking... I really resent you putting me in a position damn. to think about the horrors <laughs> yeah. of our empire that gets offloaded on the third world. Hey, so everyone, I'd like you to go out and get a bag of M&Ms, a Chiquita banana, and a fucking big, tall glass bottle of Coke, and have a little snack, you know? Yeah. Perfect <laughs> combo. Right. <laughs> uh, well... I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you for Doug for calling in. Uh, and um, the world is bleak and getting worse every day. <laughs> that's a great point. Thank <laughs> right. you. Thank you for the uplifting comments, Bill. <laughs> See you later, guys. I appreciate guys. it. I'm going to go cry. <laughs> Yeah.